Welcome to the Auburn UMC Clergy Conversations podcast. Each week, our pastors take an in-depth look at Scripture and preview their message for Sunday morning services. We're glad you joined us. For more information about Auburn UMC, please visit our website at aumc.net. Hello, and welcome to our conversation. This week, we are at the very end of John's Gospel. It is the third Sunday in the season of Easter, and we are at the end of what feels like one of my favorite books of the Bible and one of my very favorite passages of Scripture because it's just so much fun. So before we get started, I will pray for us, and then we'll get going. Okay. Uh, Loving God, we are grateful to gather around Scripture, around your Word, which teaches us who you are and teaches us who we are. So help us to listen for your voice this day, not just in Scripture, but in all the world around us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So I'll pick up the first part of the passage, and you'll do the second part. Okay. We're picking up in John's Gospel, chapter 31 or chapter 21, excuse me, and we are reading out of the Common English Translation. Later, Jesus himself appeared to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. This is how it happened. Simon Peter, Thomas, the one called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two other disciples were together. Simon Peter told them, I'm going fishing. They said, we'll go with you. They set out in a boat, but throughout the night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples didn't realize it was Jesus. Jesus called to them, children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, no. He said, cast your nets on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they did, and there were so many fish that they couldn't haul in the net. Then the disciple whom whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he wrapped his coat around himself for he was naked and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they weren't far from the shore, only about 100 yards. And then picking up verse 9, when they landed, they saw a fire there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. Simon Peter got up and pulled the net to shore. It was full of large fish, 153 of them. Yet the net had not torn, even with so many fish. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples could bring themselves to ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This is now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon replied, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. Jesus asked a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon replied, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. He asked a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was sad that Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He replied, Lord, you know everything. 
you know I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. I assure you that when you were younger, you tied your own belt and walked around wherever you wanted. When you grow old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will tie your belt and lead you to where you don't want to go. He said this to show the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. After saying this, Jesus said to Peter, Follow. So there is a lot in the scripture. A good bit. Um, but as with a lot of scripture, there's a lot to unpack, but a lot of a lot of truth. And just as as you said, it tells us so much about Jesus and and I think so much about our ourselves as as well. And I, I love the image of disciples sitting around and Peter saying, I don't know what else to do, and so I'm gonna go fishing. And in other words, going back to what he found to be comfortable, mm-hmm. what he kind of knew. And in those times when um, when we don't know quite what to do, because again, Jesus had risen, they really didn't know what was next and what this really meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and Peter said, I'm going to fish. I'm going to do what is kind of comfortable. And the other disciples said, well, we'll, we'll go with you. We'll, we will follow you in this. Well, this is probably the first time that they've gone fishing in several years now, because the first time Jesus finds them, they drop mm-hmm. their nets and they follow him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, and then we have this image they didn't catch anything at night, which night is an optimum time to, to catch something. Mm-hmm. Um, they're cleaning up their nets and um, or, or they're getting ready to come in and uh, and they, they see Jesus, of course, didn't know it was Jesus. And just ask that question, have you caught anything? Uh, and they answered no, and he said, just cast your net on the right side of the boat. And I think, you know, for these seasoned fishermen, that, that would have been something like, I don't know what you're talking about. I do this all the time. Yeah. This is my gig. Why are you telling me to do this? Mm-hmm. And I think so often in life we do the same thing when we feel the Holy Spirit leading us. Sometimes we, we say, I know what works best for me and where my, my gifts are, where my comfort level is, where it's not. Uh, instead of just listening and, and following. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really interesting as I was reading this, I was reminded, wait a second, this story seems so familiar to me. I feel like I've heard a story recently about a group of disciples who couldn't catch any fish and a stranger comes up to them and says, but have you tried this? And the catch is so abundant that they almost sink the boat. Uh, And that's because Luke tells a very similar version of this story, but Luke tells it before the resurrection, which I just think is really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, But one of the things that I'm really struck by about this passage is that everything before John 20 is about following Jesus in this world. But everything Mm -hmm. after John 20, like the story we heard last week about Thomas See, not trusting or not uh, trusting the witness of his friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then today about the disciples not being able to recognize Jesus or even the Marys in the garden. Everything after John 20 is more of a lesson in what it looks like to spot Jesus, for lack of a better term, out in the wild post-resurrection. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think that that's, that's the thing. Uh, is how do we learn how to be disciples, not just who follow Jesus, but disciples who can continue to find signs of resurrection, signs of Jesus in a post-resurrection world. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? It does. It does. 
so much of it, yes, it's just recognizing Jesus in the world. Yeah. And, you know, we are told in Scripture, you know, over and over again, we do that in the least of these so yeah. often. And the poor, and that kind of feeds into kind of the, the challenge and the charge that Jesus gives to, to Peter. Yeah. Um, as soon as Peter, you know, hears those words, is this the Lord, and he, he realizes that, <laughs> he, he jumps, I guess he puts on his coat, um, but then jumps in the water and, and swims to Jesus. Uh, and it's just interesting to note that the last time that Jesus uh, alive was uh, pre-resurrection was with Peter. He said, you'll deny me three times. And Peter said, I will never do that. Um, and then we know that uh, that Peter denied Jesus in, um, in front of a bunch of, of guards and, um, and there was a fire going on and there's a fire in this story. And maybe those smells brought that up mm-hmm. uh, in front of uh, a servant girl or, or servant woman. And then also uh, Peter denied Jesus um, with a, a servant, a, a relative of someone he had cut their ear off. And uh-huh. so, you know, and I always think to myself, you know, if I was Jesus, I would be like, Peter, come on now. <laughs> I told you you were going to deny me, and you did. <laughs> it's, it's not that I probably wouldn't welcome him back, but I'd have to have some answers. You know, I, I get a bunch of guards, they were armed, you're a little scared. You know, I get, you know, that it was his relative. You'd cut his, his brother's cousin's friend's ear off, and maybe he was a little bit upset. But a servant girl. You, you denied me in front of a servant girl. Yeah. Um, and I almost be like, Peter, you know, put on your big board britches. Come on. <laughs> I, I would need some kind of explanation. But I love what Jesus says. And, and in some ways, the most powerful um, four words in the Scripture, he just simply says, Come and have breakfast. Yeah. Come and have breakfast. Um, and there's power in that when we know in you know the Middle East in this context and this time especially of, of coming and, and sharing a meal. Um, and just that that simple invitation, not worrying about what Peter had done in the past, but simply the present and the future. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's a lesson for, for us as well, is, is um, there's there's times that we can recall uh, that we have denied, that we failed um, to love others, to love God as we, we should. Uh, and sometimes we let those things hold us back. Yeah. Um, I love somebody said that uh, that Peter was uh, had many great strengths and many visible weaknesses. At the same time. <laughs> That's true. And was very, very flawed. But, um, but Jesus was saying, you matter and you're, you have a gift and the, the present and the future. Mm-hmm is kind of what, you know, what I'm about. Well, and I love that. I pick on Peter a lot just because uh, the way (laughs) his story is told in scripture so often kind of makes him out to be kind of the token dunce of the group. Mm -hmm. But that, that very thing is why I love Peter so much and why I can't speak for Jesus, but why I think that Jesus continues to trust him because when they're in the garden of Gethsemane and Jesus knows and tells Peter that he will deny him. And Peter says, I absolutely would never do such a thing. So confident. I believe that Peter believed that. Mm -hmm. And then even after everything that happened in the cross and in the grave, and even everything that happens in the garden, the next, um, the next three days, here we see Peter and Jesus and still with the same amount of zeal and excitement Mm -hmm. and genuineness, he says, 
to Jesus, I can do it. I will do it. And I really appreciate that about mm-hmm. Peter, that Peter is never encumbered or ashamed by anything that he has done in the past, because the reality is we will all let Jesus down many, 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 many times. And then a few more, Mm -hmm. uh, kind of the trick to this crazy thing we do called discipleship is learning how to move past regret and shame and fear uh, and how to embrace what it looks like to follow Jesus in the light of all that we have done, but also like in the Mm -hmm. light of God's grace, which forgives us and invites us to try again every day. Right. Well, and I I love uh, a phrase I came across not too long ago, that forgiveness doesn't change the past, but does change the present and the the future. And I think we see that with Peter. And then, you know, is that question, and I love somebody wrote that that with this question, uh, that Jesus filleted Peter's heart just like, that he had filleted the fish the, yeah. the, for the for the breakfast, and kind of what question would Jesus ask us that would kind of fillet our own heart and soul? Yeah. But he asked that question: Do you do you love me? Mm-hmm. Um, and just quickly that that Jesus asked using the, the Greek word agape, we have one word for love, and it covers you know uh, everywhere from romantic love to brotherly sisterly love to. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has that agape, that unconditional love. Do you love me unconditionally? That love from God. And and Peter responds with the, the filio love, which is brotherly, sisterly love. Um, but yet, Jesus persists. It's almost like, it's okay. That's where you are now. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and feed my lambs. Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. Yeah. So not only does it forgive and the three times, maybe symbolic of the three denials that Jesus asked that, uh, but it's almost like Jesus is saying, Peter, it's okay where you are now, mm-hmm. but go and, and do these things. And it's one thing to kind of say you forgive someone, but it's another thing to trust them with the task. And that's yeah. exactly what what Jesus does here. Um, and that's a, that's a, just, again, as you start out, just says so much about, about Jesus, so much about our, ourselves as well. Yeah. I love that. Just that the idea that we grow into love with God and Mm -hmm. the more we serve and the more we practice, even if it's half-hearted practicing, uh, we're shaped by that and formed by that and drawn closer into the type of agape love that Christ has for us as we Mm -hmm. just try. Just try, right. And there's something about that we fall deeper in love with God, I think by serving and by being with others. Mm -hmm. Um, that that we in those moments see God more clearly and therefore see ourselves more more clearly as well. Uh, and then of course we just end up um, with uh, the Jesus just sums it up with the two words of follow me. Yeah. Simple instructions. Mm-hmm. At least they seem like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that, that at the end of the day, after all that has happened, Jesus still has the same invitation that he called the disciples with. Follow me mm-hmm. at the very beginning and at the very end. And I think that that is a beautiful way to wrap up our time together here. Yes. So will you pray for us? I will. Mm-hmm. Well, God, we thank you for these words. So we thank you. Uh, just for the way we see your grace and your love, that we also see a, a calling for us all. Um, when we pray this week as we, we follow you, uh, we know we don't do that perfectly. We know we don't do it in our own strength or because of who we are. 
by, by simply listening, keeping our attention focused on you and by looking for you in the world and joining in what you're doing. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Clergy Conversations with Auburn United Methodist Church. Check back next week for our next episode. For more information about Auburn United Methodist Church, please visit our website at aumc.net.